Oh, beautiful day. Beautiful, wintry, crunchy snow, sunny day. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot, the wee little podcast where we go for a wander, usually in the woods. And you can hear my feet crunching in the snow. And we pull a tarot card for some guidance. Sometimes this happens once a month. Sometimes it happens every week. Whatever, man. I go with the woo. I do what the woo tells me to do. And today it said, we need another tarot card. So I pulled one. And I brought it out here to the forest to share with you. First, we must set the scene. If you listened to the last episode, which I highly recommend, it was about the emperor. Um... Yeah, so if you listen to that, it's not that that much has changed out here. We have, we're in the Northern Hemisphere. We are in Central Oregon, which is a beautiful but dry kind of a place often. We're in Deschutes National Forest, uh, you know, nestled in the pines, right at the foot of the Great Cascade Mountains. If you're used to the Himalayas or the Rockies, maybe they wouldn't look so great to you. But certainly if you're on the east coast of the U.S., you'd be like, wow, the Cascades, such big, beautiful mountains. And they really are lovely. So that's where we are. And at this time of year, the sun is just sketching nice and low on the horizon to the south as it makes its daily passage. And so any sun that we get is coming in at this angle. And this angle really changes the quality of the light. And so when this light is streaming through in between the trees in its little stripes, little stripes of gold and silver, it's just gorgeous. There are Little cut glass, little diamonds shimmering on top of the snow. For now, the snow has lain here for several days uh, without any new snow on top of it. So it gets a chance to melt a teeny bit when we get above freezing for like an hour during the afternoon. And then when it freezes back up, it makes these beautiful sparkling things. And I wonder what metaphors people used back in the day if they didn't have cut glass and cut gems to talk about. Maybe they didn't bother with metaphors. Maybe they just recognized the beauty of snow for being what it is. And maybe they knew all those, like, you know, there's supposed to be a whole bunch of different words for snow in certain uh, indigenous languages up north. So maybe they have a wonderful word for this. Sparkly, crystal cut snow, cut glass on the snow kind of appearance. And that's what we have here. And the little dead grasses and plants are weighed down by the snow. The trees have shed their snow, however. They have no more frost or snow on them. The great ponderosa trees. They're just standing straight up, pointing at the sky. The nice blue sky. Could be worse, my friends. Could be worse. So I'm tramping around here trying to find the perfect stump on which to photograph our card. Why a stump? Well, I'm kind of obsessed with stumps. And I felt like that's where I wanted to photograph this today. 
So what is our card, pray tell? This is kind of our solstice card. <coughs> Since we are very close to winter solstice here in the north. And um, that's an exciting day. So the card really, I just wanted to look at that. Where are we in our solstice journey? As the hinges of the wheel turn. Oh yeah, that's the stump. Has to be some, a stump with some sunshine hitting it, right? Let's go over there and take a picture. You're like, just tell me what the card is. All right. The card is the Ten of Coins. I drew it from the Margareta Peterson deck. We have used that before here on Burning Tarot. And um, it was that deck was very kindly sent to me by... Um, someone on The Well, which is an online community that I've been part of for many years and that I deeply appreciate. If you want to check it out, it's at well.com. And um, so this person uh, works for a publisher and they were doing some tarot decks or translating them into the English or something. And so she, she knew about my practice and sent me these Margareta Peterson. So they are... Um, far out super cool paintings and Peterson also made her own interpretations in uh, an accompanying booklet and it's a little different from the average like U.S. games type of tarot deck <clears throat> where the little accompanying booklet gives you a couple lines of text I always love those by the way I think they're so much fun um, some tarot readers would be aghast at such a thing but to me, they're quite revealing because um, they tell you what the makers think about this thing. And I think that's interesting. So I don't have it with me, but hers tends to be Margareta Peterson's interpretations are very woven in with the visual art that she's created for each one. They don't necessarily <clears throat> follow... Boy, a lot of throat clearing today. Sorry about that. Ugh. They don't necessarily follow exactly what you might be used to from um, some traditional deck or other. But most of them don't stray that far, I don't think. And it's, it's just fun and interesting because she's got a pretty poetic uh, way of throwing the words around. We've drawn the ten of cards. So what she has painted here is a labyrinth. It's not the short, it might be the short pattern. Uh, in the last Burning Tarot podcast, the Emperor one, we talked quite a bit about Sisters Community Labyrinth. That's here in Sisters, Oregon. Something that I'm involved with. And we will be walking our labyrinth on solstice, as we generally do. So I thought it was interesting that I just happened to pull her labyrinth painting version of the Ten of Coins. There is what appears to be huh, a jewel. Maybe it's a piece of cut glass above the labyrinth and a swirling sun eyeball in the sky trippy thingamajig <laughs> up top. And she uses all these uh, you know, highly textured lines and patterns and things that to me look like textile work. And the color scheme here is mostly amber, 
yellow, golden, orange with some brownie, purpley woven in. Let's take a picture of that. Oh my gosh, while I was talking, the sun moved. Where's my sunshine? You are my sunshine. Oh, there's a little sunshine. All right, let's take this picture. You guys ready? Everybody smiling? What if you were all here with me taking this picture? Say cheese. Okay, picture has been taken without bonus sunlight. So you guys can all see this beautiful card. So what a wonderful manifesting kind of card. The Ten of Coins. The coins represent earth. You may see them also represented as pentacles or discs. So uh, burning tarot has a lot of focus on the earth element for various reasons. Not the least of which is that I'm a Taurus with a Virgo moon. Uh, so we're, uh, we're often dealing with earth issues, talking about the earth element and trying to get back to it. And sometimes the cards actually dish up earth. And that's, that's what these coins are. So we're talking about materiality. We're talking about things that happen in, you know, quote unquote, real life. We're talking about our bodies, for sure. We're talking about our attachment to meta, meta earth. Wow, I meant mother earth. Interesting slip of the tongue there. And, um, and the spiritual realm that goes with our materiality and our bod embodiment bodiness the fact that we were born into this lifetime this time around you know oh we got to pause and try a sun sunshine picture gotta do it hold on smile again say cheese all right there we go so yeah our earth self brings us into these bodies for this lifetime and these are the bodies that have the senses and the skin and the sensory experiences and the erotic experiences and the deep craziness of, you know, mating, producing offspring for some people, raising children, helping others raise theirs. These activities, though often associated more with the water element, are deeply earthy. That earth cycle is one that all of the elements kind of pay homage to. And when we're living in bodies, which we are, I mean, maybe there's some disembodied people out there listening to the podcast. I don't know. Um, but I'm in my body right now. I'm still alive in that way. And I, I want to appreciate it. I think I want to appreciate it more than I do. Um... I want to enjoy it. I don't want to spend all day sitting in front of my computer working or whatever. <laughs> I want to get out here and, and be here. And Mother Nature is really just the easiest route to being in Earth. Just go right on out. There's the Earth. It's under your feet somewhere. And uh, on the Burning Tarot podcast, we frequently talk about different ways of getting yourself in the groove with earth energy and that elemental energy. I'll try not to do that today so that I'm not too repetitive. And then we often do some serious grounding, which is an earth exercise uh, at the beginning of certain tarot readings. Like if you buy a personal reading, um, 
And I have been asked for more of that. So I have a personal, customized, one-on-one kind of grounding, earthing coaching session that you can buy on my website now. Uh, And of course, I don't remember what it says, probably earthing, grounding, (laughs) something like that. So you can purchase that. And if you are in Oregon, we might do that in person. If you are not in Oregon, we'll do it on the phone. And that'll give you a lot of tools for really hitting deep earth. We'll get there together. Um, I've never had it fail yet, but if it did for some reason, we could try some other method for you. Uh, And it should also not just show you how to do it with me leading you, but start helping you learn to do it by yourself. So that's earth stuff. We love the earth stuff. We need more of it to have more health and robustness. And I would say for, for me at least, to have more appreciation for what I have, for what I'm part of, you know, uh, for family, for food. We complain about the environment while we're harming it, but we still have the environment. It's still amazing and wonderful. So taking joy in that is sometimes more important than just uh, being concerned about sustainability or complaining that our food comes in messed up packaging or, um, you know, being angry and activist all the time. Sometimes it's nice to just get out there and be like, oh, it's earth. It feels so good. Here it is. So that enjoyment is part of, uh, in, in religious terms, you would call it worship. Part of worshiping earth, worshiping, showing, showing the great energies, the great woo. If you have a god or goddess or multiple gods and goddesses that you wish to thank, or god X or GXDs, whatever, deities of all kinds, you know, you, you, we historically, like, you worship them. You bring them sacrifices. You show them you care. You develop rituals and seasonal occurrences around them and around your appreciation and awe and even fear. And every time we just, you know, go swimming in a river or lake, take a walk under some beautiful trees, wander out into the desert or the prairie, these simple acts can be acts of worship, prayer, and appreciation. Especially in the modern world where we are so forcefully disconnected from those everyday acts. So now, going out and sitting on a log in the forest might even carry more weight. It might seem more like a ritual. So speaking of rituals, let's get back to solstice and labyrinths. Like I said, here in my local community, I will be doing a labyrinth walk with some lovely labyrinth ladies and whoever else in the community decides to join us on the 21st. And in our time zone, um, I don't remember the exact moment of solstice, but that's this, the proper day is the 21st this year. We'll be meeting at Sisters Community Labyrinth from 7 to 8 p.m. in the cold. Join us if you like. Please bring a flashlight and a mug for filling up with a hot beverage. Hopefully, the most fabulous, lovely Susan Prince will be leading us, and I might be leading with her. We haven't worked it out yet. 
So here we have a card with a labyrinth on it. If you're not here in Sisters, Oregon, you could go walk a labyrinth near you. There might be one. Some of them are created by churches, but often those are the kinds of churches that aren't trying to throw religion at everybody. So it might be like an Episcopalian church. Um, when I lived in Southeast Portland, nearby, there was Sunnyside Methodist Church about a block from my house. And they had an indoor labyrinth for a while that just anybody in the community wandering by was welcome to come in and walk. So a labyrinth is a, you know, serpentine, circuitous, circular, kind of like a maze, but a labyrinth has um, curly Q passages that bring you to its center. From there, you have to walk back out in that kind of pattern. So a maze is always trying to block you and bluff you, spoof you, lead you down blind alleys, that kind of thing. Whereas a labyrinth follows a distinctive pattern. Um, ours here in town is based on the cathedral at Chartres in France, and that, that's a really, really popular pattern. But there are certainly others. And so the point isn't that you're getting lost and confused. Um, the point is that you're having, you're walking a circle without just walking around and around, per se, um, and without just spiraling in either. Those are circle walks and spiral walks are great, but this is just different. And that labyrinth pattern, um, so labrys, L-A-B-R-Y-S, you know, that's where the word comes from, and that's from the, the Greek, from the place where this, where this came from. That's um, uh, labia, women's genitalia, the outer part, the lips, that's got the same root of the word. Interesting. So there's this appreciation for something that might be have lobes in the circle, but brings you into its center. Coming into the center of our labyrinth, or even if it's just a mental labyrinth that you think about on solstice, with our ten of coins from Margareta Peterson, we're being drawn into the center. Now, in her ace of coins, she uh, uses a serpentine, like actual snake imagery. And snake energy is um, ancient priestess feminine energy, which is interesting because in, in modernity, we would think of a snake as masculine, phallic symbol. But the serpents um, have long been associated with female priestess energy, with the oracle at Delphi, stuff like that. Magics, my friends. So her ace of coins is a coiled snake. And, and is the representation of planting a seed. Seeds are super interesting, right? They contain so much. They're like eggs, you know? Like there's so much in there to allow for and promote and support the growing of a new creature, a new plant. And depending on which creature or plant is going to grow out of your egg or your seed... It's just full of all these nutrients. 
that's why we use them for food. We, you know, kind of take them from the plants and animals and eat them ourselves, right? Um, because they're packed full of nutrition so that a tree or a flower or a chicken or whoever could really start growing in this thing without needing additional sustenance from outside. These kinds of eggs and seeds are different from like mammals, right? Mammals don't get very far, but even we start in a womb, which is another um, representation on that ace of coins. So we start with a womb, we start with a seed. And then after we've tended to it, or we've kind of gone about our business kind of the way you might carry a pregnancy, an easy pregnancy. You're partly doing all these things to tend to your pregnancy, to tend to your new project, to tend to some aspect of your life uh, or your health that really deserves your attention. In this most recent cycle, you may have been carrying a seed uh, having to do with some very material issues, such as a change of house, changes to your house, uh, again, health, so something to do with your literal body or work. So change of career or finding um, new opportunities in your old career or a business that you started. Or maybe it's a brand new business. Some kind of seed has been planted and we've been carrying it for a number of months now. Uh, in terms of when to look for, it's probably going to be different for each person but I would go all the way back to spring and see if something new was starting for you or that you deliberately brought out a new idea to work with around May and June. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm allergic to snow mold. I wonder if we're having enough melting here to make snow mold. Whew. So think back to May, June. Um the eclipse seasons of last year and just see if something started to take hold and see if you can identify something that probably um, it could have just been an idea at that point and you might have felt it thrumming more strongly this fall so like mid-September through late October that might be where you really went whoa I'm pregnant with this new project, or I really want this thing to happen. And I compared it to a pregnancy, uh, an easy pregnancy, because there's this aspect, and that's, I was very fortunate to experience an easy pregnancy, even though I was what they call advanced maternal age, old for someone carrying a baby, especially their first baby. Um, so I was incredibly fortunate to just get pregnant really easily and carry the pregnancy easily the birth well that was not easy many interventions were required but still everything was fine so during those nine months in my case 10 months um yes you have to pay all this attention to your body and to the seed the egg the baby right but you also have to go about your life right and historically this is what women did most women got more pregnant back then than they do now they didn't have birth control. Well, they did, but not as um, not the kind that we have now, right? Take the pill, don't get pregnant. wasn't quite that easy. Um, 
And for procreating women, it was not unusual to have five, eight, 10, 12 babies. Because very, you know, not that many of them would live. So it's a different time. And you basically, you know, you're raising all those kids. <laughs> what are you doing? Maybe working on the farm, and maybe you're a nomad gathering things, making a basket. Like, there's no way that you can just sit there and take care of your pregnancy all the time and stroke your belly and expect people to bring you bonbons. That's only going to happen if something's going wrong. If you're medically in a rough spot, that's the only time that you just, you know, get to check out on your normal life in order to focus solely on the pregnancy. And I feel like our Ten of Coins today is bringing to fruition, bringing to the end of a pregnancy and perhaps very close to the birth itself, maybe it is the birth itself, of something in our lives from earlier this year. And there's a very good chance that for most of us, whatever that thing is, it's just been growing like an easy pregnancy. You pat your belly, you think about it, you eat good foods, you stop drinking wine, but it's not like you're sitting there building the baby consciously. Like, well, oh, 6 a.m. I better get up and start pouring the foundations for that baby. No, you might, you know, paint the nursery walls, maybe. But you still have an, uh, the rest of your life going on. So whatever we've been working on this round is similar. It has taken some of our time and attention but a lot of this process has been unconscious a lot of this growth that we're going through as individuals and perhaps collectively together is the kind of growth that happens when intuition is doing its thing when mother earth is allowed to do her thing without us getting in the way just like for the a woman who is wanting to have a baby and is fortunate enough to be able to do that, her body just kind of sits there and builds the baby. What do you have to do? Well, you have to take care of your, your own body. That's the main thing you have to do in order to take care of the growing baby. Stop drinking the wine. Make sure you're getting enough food. Or in the case of the first trimester, yeah, and maybe not eating so much. Uh, not eating sushi and, and raw oysters anymore. You know, all the stuff. So, that's my big metaphor here. Our coiled serpent of feminine magic was a seed, ace of coins. And now it's turned into this labyrinth. The womb has turned into a place of fullness. And when we reach the center of our labyrinth, that's basically where we give birth. So this is a time, solstice, and I would carry this, keep this metaphor with you for a little while. It's not like most people are going to be like, I'm metaphorically giving birth exactly on the 21st. Yay. Carry it with you. Um, there's some interesting astrology stuff going on, especially through Christmas Day. So carry it with you for at least a couple weeks. And see if you can identify... What feels like that in you? What feels like something 
that was a seed and that has done its own growing. You get to aid that growth and you get to be, you get to become increasingly conscious of it now because it might be time for it to be like a baby that you have to take care of all the time, which is very different from just kind of carrying it around in your belly. And some of you will be listening to this and you'll be going like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what Tia is talking about. It's that idea I had uh, in June where I felt like I was sick of my job. And then in October, I started looking for a new job. And then I discovered that people would pay for my photography artwork. And so now I'm thinking about doing that as my job. This card is a sign you know, when we pull this kind of card, it's like, that stuff's ready for fruition. Let's enjoy it, too, by the way. Uh, Ten of Coins doesn't really require us to do a whole lot. It's not a, you know, look carefully to find the moment of feeling like material success is here. Uh, Do your best to try to find something to work with. Ten of Coins in general, is just like, boom, stuff is manifest. There is a richness to our sensory experience, to our lives, and there might be, there might be literal financial gain. Something is manifesting. That, so, so kind of our assignment this time to like think back and go, what was that seed? For some people, it's going to be really obvious. For others, it might be subtle, like... You began or ended a relationship or friendship um, around that spring, early summertime, um, or in October, late September. And maybe now you'll start to see some reward for that change in relationship status. Usually a change in relationship status can be very painful. And so if... uh, And that doesn't have to be a, a... full split with someone or um, a brand new acquaintance. Maybe it's somebody you already know, but you felt a deepening during one of those times. So those are things that you can kind of journal about and just see if you can start to identify what's coming to big fruition right now. What wants to be part of your big 10 of coins experience? And look at how your, uh, your money is doing right? Just to be crass. Look at your money. Look at your house. Look at your body. Those practical things. Look at your food, too. Um, what's going well? And are we enjoying ourselves? Are we having fun? For the solstice time, let's look at sort of penetrating the heart of the mystery, which is wandering, wandering into the soul, the center of your labyrinth. And then when you're there, you know, rub your belly. (laughs) Rub a stone. Allow the serpent energy to uncoil. If you're into like kundalini, do some of that. Kundalini yoga, for example. Um, There's a joyfulness to this and a sense of relief and release. Manifestation is fun. And it doesn't always have to be like, Well, I'm going to manifest perfect white light in my life and everything's going to be great. There's kind of this California New Age version of manifestation that can get uh, really preachy and um, 
judgmental and unrealistic and annoying. So I'm not going to advocate for that. I think the Ten of Coins is very realistic. It, the coins in general, the earth element, you know, they're, they're about what our real lives are like, our everyday lives. So when we manifest, we can feel it. Uh, there'll be a sense of joy and perhaps ferocity that comes with it. I'm very happy to see the Ten of Coins here today, especially from this deck with that labyrinth in there. I'm like, wow, we just did a thing about the labyrinth when we were talking about our emperor card from last time. You know, love to see a good synchronicity. That's meaningful in the land. Oh, woo woo. <sighs> I'm walking straight into the sun right now. And it's such a dim, low sun. It's not even hurting my eyes. You can hear the snow crunching. There's a couple birds out here. It's a lot of silence, other than my stomping. I hope that this image that Margareta Peterson has created for us and that I've relayed to you, I hope it's useful or fun or interesting, or that it sheds some light on where you are in your life. Um, I really, really like feedback. Mostly just a couple of you send me feedback. Well, not a couple. A couple dozen of you send me feedback. I appreciate it. Please do it again. But everybody else who's listening, and I can see my little metrics and statistics on my website so I know you're listening but you don't reach out and say hi please do just send an email to burningtarot at gmail.com and um, you just say hi and or let me know what's going on in your woo-woo life and whether the podcast or the individual readings you might buy you know whether they're um, aligning with your experience I'm always so curious about these things um, and it's fun to just get to know you guys a little bit. I like that too. So that's burningtarot at gmail.com. Don't feel shy. I, <laughs> I recently got a um, holiday note from uh, someone from my old hometown. And we had gotten in touch after many years of probably haven't seen each other in real life in, I don't know, decades. And they said that, that their family, you know, just happened to listen to Burning Tarot. I don't know, their, their tarot, their uh, podcast delivery system just brought it up for some reason. They started listening and they're like, wait, we know this person. I thought that was hilarious. They had nice things to say about enjoying the nature walks. But I don't want you to feel like you have to be somebody who knows me from college or hometown or one of my current clients uh, in order to reach out. I actually um, genuinely like a little bit of a hello from the listeners so that we're all not all faceless to each other. So there's that. Happy solstice to you. Uh, if you're not accustomed to celebrating solstices and equinoxes, I encourage you to enjoy the winter solstice up here in the north, whether that's a labyrinth walk or some other kind of walk. The lighting of a candle or an electric candle or a fire, if you can do it with others, it's wonderful. And there's a lot of traditions around this time of year that really celebrate that light in darkness. Hanukkah 
part of my family is Jewish. And so uh, in Hanukkah, that was, you know, the Maccabees were, whatever. There's a war going on and the Jews think they're trapped and they're in trouble and they're going to run out of oil. And they use the oil to light their lamps. So they're trapped in the darkness. And God gives them oil. The miracle is that their light source goes for eight days. When without a miracle, it definitely should have gone out, right? So that's celebrated at this time of year by the lighting of candles for eight days. Um, Solstice often involves a fire of some kind. And again, that can just be, that can be a fireplace fire. That can be some big roaring bonfire outdoors. Um, Whatever works for you, candle. And then Yule, Yuletide, that's... That's another one, right? A Yule log, which you would burn. Um, We did those when I was a kid. We would make Yule logs into candles and then eventually burn them. And, uh, you know, Christmas tree, put some twinkly lights on it. As you're going about these, uh, these rituals that might just seem like they're consumer rituals or they're associated with a religion that isn't necessarily yours, or that you wouldn't necessarily associate with the woo-woo or pagan or nature celebrations. They actually are. They're all part of the same ball of wax. So I encourage you to light your light in the darkness. And part of what the light teaches us is of the magnificence of the darkness. It's amazing that we have this time of year where the nights really are longer and the sun really shines with less heat and less glaring brightness. So this is a time of year both for lighting a light in the darkness for others and for yourself uh, and for just praising the darkness for what it is recognizing its power and appreciating that it isn't like this all year round, right? Unless, okay, some of you are in the tropics. <laughs> You're like, whatever. <laughs> Although the earth tilts, so even you get some changes. But that type of change is, is, is magnificent, is beautiful. There are things that we can see in the dark that we cannot see in a perfectly lit up day. So this is the time of year to appreciate that. It's also the time of year to put forth a light and say, I need to light my way. I need to light the way for others. And, you know, or if you're in despair, that kind of darkness, you may have to just say, this is not a good time of year for me and darkness. There's too much grief. For a lot of us, there's a bunch of family strife, either not getting together with family for the holidays or getting together with them and having to, whatever, get into conflict, remember old conflicts, remember griefs, people who have departed and died, uh, be around people who are coming unhinged for their own griefs and other reasons. You know, it's a rough rough season. If the darkness kind of combined with all of that, 
um, all those family vibes or friend vibes, if it's too much, you know, then bow to the darkness and acknowledge that it's powerful. And then just tell it, I need to light some lights now. And that's a way of taking care of yourself. And go find others, not just through the internet if possible, um, for some health reasons particularly, that's going to be the only way for some of you to reach out. Uh, try to reach out in person if you can't. You know, find others out there who are lighting a light or who are struggling. And there's a lot of people this time of year who maybe aren't as kind and generous as they could be throughout the year, but they kind of wake up and act nice for a month. <laughs> so take advantage of that. If they're putting on um, a dinner at the soup kitchen and you're kind of poor and lonely, go down to the soup kitchen. Get a bowl of soup. Talk to somebody who's more down on their luck than you are. That's, that's just a way of lighting the light, right? Light a candle, share a candle. Go to a church from some religion that you don't have anything to do with. You know, they'll smile. They'll hand you a candle on the way in. They know that people come to the church at this time of year that normally don't. It's all right. So there's just different opportunities around this time of intense darkness than there are the rest of the year. So, uh, yeah, email me. Let me know what little um, snake seeds are popping up for you. What is sprouting? What invisible pregnancies are suddenly very visible what manifestations you might feel over the next couple few weeks or even a month i would love to hear from you and i send you my little light in the darkness that's part of what this podcast is about it's just saying hello nature's still out here i'm still out here i care about you burning tarot listener wandering in the dark you're going to be all right. And um, pass it on. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. If you want any more stuff from me, uh, TiffanyLeeBrown.com. That's my full name, Tiffany Lee Brown. You can go to that website. There's more podcasty goodness, readings, etc. <sighs> Have a wonderful winter.